1: Monday, June 29th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoins, our Tribe beat writer. Paul, uh, we actually had some some news to report on this weekend. The Indians announced their 60-man player pool. Uh, we're going to dig deep into that in tomorrow's edition of the podcast. Uh, today, we have a special guest joining us uh, from mlive.com, Evan Woodbury, the uh, Tigers reporter. So we're going to do our preview of the Tigers versus the Indians matchup for the 2020 season uh, today, and then tomorrow we'll get into the whole 60-player pool. But just give us a a real quick first impression of that 60-man player pool.
0: Very interesting, Joe. Uh, Interesting in the fact that teams could – Invite sixty, and the Indians only invited fifty-five. So I guess uh, you know they're they're keeping things flexible. They've uh, dissected this, and I, I'm pretty sure they're going to add and those five players fill those five spots before July uh, Wednesday, or you know before they really take the field. I, I would look for them to you know five more minor leaguers to to fill those spots. Um, yeah, I thought you know it's it's you know uh, lots of uh, lots of prospects. Daniel Espino. Um, you know George Valera, Tyler Freeman, uh, a bunch of guys that we want to see. You know Brocco, uh, You know uh, that that are, uh, Tristan McKenzie. Well, he was on the forty man. But uh, you know I'm really anxious to see uh, Espino. You know see his velocity. I don't know if we'll see him. You know because they're they'll be in the alternate camp in uh, in at Classic Field in East Lake, so we probably won't get to see those guys unless. They come over to the big league camp at uh, Progressive Field,
1: right? Yeah, and that's one of the rules that's set up is that we won't actually get. There's no media availability at the uh, the alternate site at Classic Park, so uh, you're right. We, we won't get to see them, but just knowing that those young guys, especially you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids who weren't going to be getting on the field this year uh, in a minor league season or in a minor league capacity, they're getting a chance to to at least work out and and be around a big league type environment, even though it's in the minor league park. All right. Well let's uh let's get ready here for Evan Woodbury from MLive.com to join us. Uh Evan's in his fourth year covering the Tigers. Uh four painful, long years for, for, for Evan covering this team. Uh 114 losses last year for the Tigers. They were 28th, I believe, in team ERA and dead last in scoring. It was, it was a, a nightmare for uh, Tigers fans last year, but they turned around and, and got the number one pick uh, in the draft in Spencer Torkelson. So, you know, not entirely a, a loss there, but uh, we'll see what Evan has to say about the, the Tigers' chances this year. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tigers made, uh, you know, they, they added some, uh, uh, some free agents, uh, C.J. Chrome, Scope. Uh, Jonathan Scope, so keep them respectable while the uh, while the rebuild continues, and uh, you know they've had what had the number one pick in twice in the last three years. Uh, so eventually, if you're doing if the scouting department is doing your job, their job that will pay off in in the years to come.
1: All right, we'll be joined by Evan Woodbury from MLive.com when we come back
0: here on the Cleveland
1: Baseball Talk podcast and we're joined now by Evan Woodbury the Tigers beat writer for mlive.com our uh, sister site up in Michigan. Uh, Evan, great to talk to you uh and and get a a feeling for what the Indians can expect when they play the Tigers this year uh, in 2020. Uh it, please give us some hope. Are they go are, are they going to be better this year? Are the Tigers going to be better this year than they were last year?
2: Yeah, well I I think, you know, it's Stupid as it sounds to say, they, they really can't be much worse. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in, in modern baseball history last year, and it really would be almost impossible to be worse. And, in fact, uh, that sounds negative, but actually the Tiger's general manager said that in spring training this year. When he was asked about it, he said, uh, you know, well, if we're, if we're worse than last year, we're, we're really going to be in some trouble. So there's, there's a degree of truth to that. They, they didn't spend a huge amount on the free agent market, but they went and upgraded their worst positions they upgraded a bunch of positions where they were at or near the very bottom of baseball. And if everything goes well, they may be at or near the midpoint in all of baseball and which would represent an enormous jump. So uh, I think they will be better. And you know, the reality is in a 60 game season, I don't, I think it's very unlikely that the Tigers are in the, the playoff chase, but it's not totally impossible. Like it would be in a 162 game season. You know, I think, as you guys know it's at the 50 60 game mark so many teams are hovering around 500 and if you're if you are in the neighborhood of 500 you're going to be at least having a chance to talk about the playoffs down the final weeks of September so i think this is going to be a very interesting season where uh you know virtually maybe 25 of the 30 teams in baseball may have at least some opportunity to to talk about the playoff chase uh, in in mid September
0: those uh, free agents you were talking about um evan uh c j Krohn, what what does he bring for to the tigers
2: yeah they they went and got two guys from the the twins and uh, c j Krohn and Jonathan scope and uh both had really nice years and you know both are in kind of this new era of uh baseball where where' thirty somethings are almost always signing one year deals maybe you know ten twenty years ago these are guys that signed you know three year million deals and now they're signing one year six and $7 million deals. And so in that sense, it was kind of a, I don't want to say a bargain pickup, but it was two guys that where they got massive upgrades at first and second base uh, really going from being probably one of the worst first and second base combinations in baseball to at least uh, one of the average, an average one. And they didn't spend a whole lot of money to do it. So uh, Kron Kron is a guy that, that has always hit for power Obviously, he's going from a, a more homer-friendly stadium to a less homer-friendly stadium in, in Detroit. Uh, but plays, I think, underrated defense, and I'd say the same thing about Scope as well. I think uh, when the Tigers' analytics staff looked at his his defense at second base, they, they thought he was a little bit underrated there. So you're looking at least average, or maybe even slightly plus defense for both of those guys. Uh, and you know, it's for the Tigers. Obviously, historically, in, in recent years, first base has belonged to Miguel Cabrera. He still wants to play first base, but he's 37 years old now. He's battled injuries for parts of the last three seasons. And it just doesn't make any sense to have him at first base, except in, in the rarest of circumstances. And So he may get to play there every now and again. But I think uh, for the most part, really until the end of his career, he's going to be a, a DH. And, uh, and at least as a one-year placeholder, CJ Crohn makes a lot of sense.
1: Uh, come on, admit it. Miguel Cabrera really just wants to play first base so that he can talk to the guys who come down and, and get to first base and and that, and give them a hard time. And I, that's got to be one of the reasons why he wants to play first <laughs> base, not because he he likes being out there. That's not even a joke
2: either. That's a hundred percent the reason. And I mean, the reality is, I think I think he gets bored in the dugout. I think he gets bored <laughs> being the the H. I think he likes playing in the field just to kind of break up the monotony of the game a little bit and. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're aware of that. And I think if, you know, obviously, if he were a few years younger, they'd be happy to accommodate him. But the the way things have gone the last couple of years where, where his his body, well, I mean, it's, it's not, it's what happens when you're 37 years old. I mean, it, it's some of the things that he was able to, to get away with as far as knees and back and, and things like that uh, are, have been plaguing him the last couple of years. And so I think they're
1: going to definitely treat him with kid
2: gloves going forward.
1: You mentioned, uh, you know, shoring up the defense on that right side of the infield. Uh, Nico Goodrum uh, still going to play shortstop. Is that something that – a a change that they've made, and and how's that going to affect the defense, uh, you know, in in 2020? Yeah, he got –
2: he was basically – has been a super utility guy the last two years, but he got, you know, maybe a month or two of steady work as an everyday shortstop last year when Jordy Mercer was injured. And really opened a lot of eyes because both, both based on the eye test and, and analytically, uh, he performed really well defensively at shortstop. And obviously, you know, if you can, he's, he's a league average hitter. And if you can be a league average hitter while being a plus defensive shortstop, you can, you can be a lot more valuable than, than a bench guy. So they, especially where the Tigers are now, they did not have someone necessarily waiting in the wings uh, at shortstop. Uh, instead of going out and, and buying a shortstop on the free agent market, they said, "Hey, this is a rebuilding year. Let's let's see if what Nico can do with 162 games." And obviously, that's turned into 60 games, and that may be kind of a, a bummer for him because this was this was going to be a year where he could prove that he could be an everyday player and not just a, a bench or utility guy. Uh, and he'll still get that chance, but uh, you know, I, I think if he can hit like he's hit the last couple of years while while uh, playing good defense at shortstop, he may be. More than just a one-year placeholder, he may be a guy that
0: that they see with a with a future at shortstop. What what where is Ivan Nova? Is he still where does he fit in?
1: Right
2: now, he's he's the number five starter, and and realistically, I, you know, if they had this all to do over again, I'm not sure they would have gone out and well. Obviously, if they knew it was going to be a 60-game season, they wouldn't have gone out and signed him because. For as weird as it seems for a team that only won 40-some games last year, the Tigers actually have seven viable starting pitchers right now because Michael Fulmer has recovered from, uh, from Tommy John's surgery. He'll be back and ready to go. Uh, they've got, you know, obviously uh, Matthew Boyd leading the rotation. They've got Spencer Turnbull, who was good at times last year. They've got Daniel Norris, who was good at times last year. They've got Jordan Zimmerman, who's on the last year of his contract. They've got Tyler Alexander, who came in late last year and, and pitched well down the stretch. So they actually have seven you know, fairly reasonable options at starting pitcher. And in that sense, Nova really isn't needed as, well as, they, as much as they maybe thought they needed a, a starter back in, uh, back in December and January. So uh, it does give them some you know, flexibility in the sense that they don't have to bring any young guys up until they're absolutely ready to bring them up. They don't have to throw Fulmer into the rotation if they don't feel like he's ready for it right off the bat. Maybe he'll start in the bullpen. Uh, you know, and they do they do have some wiggle room. But uh, right now, Nova's the number five starter, and he was signed not because he was an elite starter, but basically because he's been an inning eater the last several years. He's a guy that's going to get you 180, 200 innings every single season, year in and year out, very durable. And that that kind of pitcher is probably – Less valuable in a sixty game season than he would be in a one hundred and sixty two game season, uh so that you know for for all of the the tigers problems, they do have an abundance of starting pitching, not just in the big leagues but also a bunch of guys that are going to be waiting in the wings uh in the the satellite camp and guys that'll be waiting in the wings to compete
1: for for
2: starting spots in in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty
1: two yeah how many of those uh that you mentioned the young guys uh you've got you know, Bo Burroughs, Kyle Funkhauser, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, uh, are these guys going to be at the alternate site or are they going to be in Detroit? Where, where does that shake out?
2: Yeah, they're, well, at least for the, net, the short term, the Tigers are bringing everybody to Detroit. They're not going to have a satellite camp like most teams are doing, and I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. Uh, I assume it'll just be a de facto satellite camp where the veterans come in the morning and the, the young guys come in the afternoon. But then, obviously, once the season starts, they will send off the, the players who are not on the active roster to Toledo. And I, the, the young pitchers, the prospects, the Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal, Casey Mize, uh, Alex Fido, uh, all their recent top picks and top prospects will be in Toledo, so they are on the, in the player pool. Now, how they're actually going to get to the big leagues this year, if they're going to get to the big leagues, is, is a good question, because originally the idea was – maybe bring them up for a cup of coffee in September at the end of the year, and then go into 2021, see maybe if one or two or three can compete for an opening day job. And that's kind of been turned on its head now because, you know, September is is right around the corner. There's not going to be an expanded roster in September. And, you know, the the idea that you'd have a lot of guys who are either injured or or no longer on the team or not performing well by September that would create room for some of these young call-ups that may not be the case uh, this year just because uh, it's going to be such a quick season. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. And then obviously what nobody likes to talk about but is always an issue is, is the service time, especially for some of the, the top prospects. For, for Casey Mize, for instance, if the Tigers can somehow delay his debut until May of next year, I mean, that gets them an extra year. De- delays arbitration by a year, gets them an extra year of, of team control. Uh, so that's an issue too. Of course, that could all get blown up when the new collective bargaining agreement comes along. But, you know, there, there are a lot of a uh, lot of issues there. But the Tigers did want to bring a ton of their prospects and have them in the satellite camp on the player pool. I just don't know how many of them are actually going to play in the big leagues this year.
0: How was how holding up through this? When he took this job, obviously he kind of knew what he was getting into, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And And, you know, his last years where the twins were, were fairly bleak as well. So you, know, you feel bad for the guy, for someone who, who started his career winning a lot of games in Minnesota, the, uh, the last several years of his managerial career have been filled with a, a lot of really, really bad teams. And, and last year was probably the worst of the bunch. Uh, his con- this is the final year of his contract. He signed a three-year deal. And I think, you know, there was maybe the thought process because of his age, because of you know his, this is obviously the, kind of the end of his career that maybe he would do three years he'd be kind of a transitional manager during the, the rebuilding process and then they'd go out and hire someone new in 2021. Uh, I don't I don't think that's a given. I think you know I, I think maybe if this were a normal season uh, you know Guardy could say okay this is time to hang it up I've had a good run but I think because this has just been such a weird season and it's going to be such an abbreviated season that he may. Like to try and, and come back and uh, at least do one more year. So I, I think it, it'll be interesting to see. That will kind of be something that will be working in, in the backdrop this year. And you don't want to say that the performance, uh, you know, especially with a rebuilding team, that the win-loss record is not necessarily the most important thing. But maybe if the Tigers do overachieve, maybe if they hang around 500 and, and make it interesting in September, maybe that is the impetus for for Gardenhire to come back and get another year and, and see if he can you know, actually be part of the, the new era, the winning era after enduring so many years of, uh, of the losing era.
1: At at this point, while, uh, while tanking is, I guess, still certainly, you know, legal or, or permissible under the rules. And, and there hasn't been a, a change in the collective bargaining agreement to, to sort of alter that is, is this 60 game season, even something that the, the Tigers are looking at as, as wanting to be competitive. If, if they can get another high draft pick and uh, you know, score another Casey Mize or or something along those lines uh that's that's another piece to add uh, to for when they are ready to compete
2: yeah that's going to be the crazy thing about this year and obviously you know if you you can make the playoffs you go for it you don't worry about the consequences but if you're just going to be uh you know in a year like this it's a lot it would be a lot better to be 20 and 40 than to be 30 and 30 and miss the playoffs, you know, because if you're 20 and 40, you've got a, you've potentially got a number one draft pick. If you're 30 and 30 and miss the playoffs, you know, you've got a number 15 draft pick, uh, you know, and you can't dictate that, but it's going to be weird because it, it could, the difference in being last place or the difference in getting the number one pick and the number 15 pick could be, you know, a really hot or really cold week in, in the month of September. It's just going to be one of those, uh, a strange thing this year. But the other issue for the Tigers, and something that even fans have debated, is let's say hypothetically the Tigers did want to tank. How would you do that? Would it be tanking to bring up some of these young guys who are not who have never pitched in the big leagues and are not prepared to do so, or would it be, or to bring up the young players would that be an indication that you're going all in, that you're actually trying to make the playoffs by bringing up the best prospects? I mean, you could make a case either way, uh, because everybody knows even the best prospects don't. Arrive in the big leagues, and from day one, they're dominant. I mean, even under the best of circumstances, they're gonna they're gonna face struggles. So, you know, I, I don't think there's even even if the Tigers did want to tank, I'm not even sure there's a, a a way you could define you could say how how they would they would want to do it this year. You know, would, would tanking be keeping uh, Nova and bringing up one of the top prospect pitchers, or would tanking be uh, you know cutting Nova and doing the opposite? I, I it's hard to say, and I think that's why. The Tigers may just play it by ear and see what happens. I mean, well, if they're totally out of the picture on September 1st, it may be different than if they're, you know, if they're still at 500 and maybe want to make things interesting.
1: Well, it's a, it's curious because there is going to be a trading deadline, even though the season's only 60 games. And you talk about a guy like a Nova. If if there's a team that's that's in the hunt and needs starting pitching help, obviously he's going to be a, an asset to to try and you know get a couple of prospects into the organization that way could they do that with the whole rotation is, is really the question that, that you Yeah. I mean,
2: that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, Cause I think, I think for the most part, they're done with trading off the assets they really like. Now some of those one year free agents. Sure. I mean, you, you can trade those guys every year without a problem, but as far as like, I, I, I'm not sure how interested they would be in trading a Matthew Boyd at this point. That's,
1: that's where I was even getting a, at.
2: <laughs> even a Michael Fulmer, let's say, let's say he comes out and is just, just like, the old Michael Fulmer. And I mean, he would suddenly become a very nice trading ship, but then you know, the question is, you know, what do you do then? Uh, the Tigers will have a surplus of pitching. Uh, in that sense, I think Boyd and Fulmer make a lot, a lot of sense.
0: Um,
2: but I, I don't know. I mean, Al Avila, the general manager made a real point of, of saying after they, um, you know, after they traded off Castellanos at the end of last year and after they, they went into this winter, that the teardown was over that now the time was to build it back up and you could still justify a trade of a, of a Matthew Boyd side player based on the, the overall organizational pitching depth, but you'd have to really ensure that you got a, a major league ready player back in return uh, or else that the whole idea of that we're building back up now, that would, that would kind of go out the window. So it'll be interesting. I, I think a lot of teams are going to face tough choices. I will say that I don't think, financial issues will be at play for the tigers just because one the the team owner owns little caesars and has probably been raking in money during the, the pandemic because <laughs> of it. it's probably the business that has been least affected by I'll the pandemic <laughs> it's uh probably in fact that little caesars wants the pandemic to go on forever because they're <laughs> raking in uh, money right now uh the other thing is you know that this has been kind of a the Tigers thought they were going to have to pay Jordan Zimmerman $25 million for virtually no production this year. Instead, they're going to save about $15 million. That's $15 million just landing in their, their bank account that they did not expect before the season started. So, yes, I mean, they're losing all those those home games, all the fan attendance, but also this was – probably going to be the worst attended season in recent not tigers so fast history. on
1: not so fast on all that attendance i went to a couple of games this year last year <laughs> i didn't see a lot of fans in attendance in a lot exactly
2: of i mean and so if you're if you're talking about the teams that were least affected financially um you know the tigers would be right up there because they're not losing that much in way of attendance and uh they're gaining some in way of payroll and the outside business interests of the ownership are not terribly affected by what's going on so uh, I, I don't think that you know if they want to trade Matt Void, Void, it's going to be because they get a major league ready bat that in return, not because uh, you know they're going to they're going to get a lottery ticket prospect lottery ticket prospect just just to save some money in contracts. I, I think that'll be less of
0: an issue this year than it has been in years past. Evan, what about the draft this year? What they took five five six hitters?
2: Yeah, uh, six hitters, five college hitters, uh, which, you know, I don't know if that was a hundred percent planned or if it just worked out that way, but you know, you never like to draft for need in baseball draft because it's so unpredictable and, and that can get you in some, you can make some bad decisions if you draft based on need. But the reality is the Tigers really needed, really need upper level hitting prospects a lot more than they need high level pitching prospects. They have a ton of those. And, you know, I th- think the idea of going after college bats was very appealing because Especially, you know, in that sense, Spencer Torkelson, the number one overall pick, was kind of a, a no-brainer. He's uh, a bat at a position of need, college level, should be able to get to the big leagues relatively quickly. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of exactly what the Tigers needed. They got some, you know, upper-level bats in the later rounds as well, including some guys that, that slipped. Uh, Daniel Cabrera was the outfielder from LSU, who some, some guys had as a, a potential first-round pick. He ended up slipping to about 60-something. Uh, Dylan Dingler, the Ohio State catcher, was another uh, pick. They got at about 30-something. So they did get some high-level bats. They're bringing Dingler to, to, to the player pool. They're bringing him to the satellite campus or to, to America Parks. And they're also going to bring uh, Spencer Torkelson once he signs, which uh, some teams are doing. Not all teams are doing. And I don't think either of those guys have a real realistic chance of playing this year. But I think – after, you know, three months of sitting around not playing baseball, they want to get them, you know, into action. They want to see them. They want them to have a chance to uh, to play baseball and to be around major league teammates and, and kind of get their feet wet so that they can be, you know, kind of fast-tracked to the big leagues uh, in the future. Where's Torkelson going to play, first or third? You know, that that turned out to be a big deal, the fact that they listed him as a third baseman or announced him as a third baseman despite the fact that he had played pretty much exclusively first base uh, in college. And despite the fact that the tigers have a very clear opening at first base, whereas they don't really have, they've got actually some more viable options at third base. So that, that was a kind of a head scratcher to a certain extent, but I think the reality is, is much simpler where, you know, it's very easy to move from third base to first base. That's, that's an easy switch to make. It's tougher to move from first base to to third base. Yeah. or at least it's done a lot less often. So in, in that sense, I think, you know, the, the Tigers value flexibility. Maybe if there were a normal season this year, maybe he'd split play half the games at third, half the games at first. I still think his ultimate path to the big leagues is at first base. And I think that's, that's probably what the Tigers think as well, but it doesn't hurt to have him, have him uh, do You take another position, use another position. And the reality is if you can, Pretty much everyone can play first base. Maybe not play it well, but if you can play another position on the baseball field, you can probably play.
0: Well, tell Mike Hargrove
2: then; he'll argue. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may not be a Gold Glove first baseman, but, but you can get the job done.
1: I' uh, curious to 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 hear your opinion, your estimation, or the the opinion there in Detroit of the Indians and their current state, their current status. This is a team that you know had won 3 division titles uh before missing the playoffs last year uh what's the feeling and again last year the Indians went what 17 18 and 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 1 against the the Tigers so uh you know i i'm sure you say cleveland around the uh the Tigers camp and and they don't have a lot of smiles on their faces when they they, they think about the pitching rotation and and Francisco Lindor and and the bats they can throw out there. What's what's the opinion of the Indians uh, from the, the Detroit perspective?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the Indians have had the Tigers number for quite a long time. I mean, since I've been covering the team, I started in late in 2016, and I don't know what the Tigers record against the Indians during that time is, but it's not very good. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting, I, I think, because I always look at the Indians within the context of, of what's happening in the rest of the AL Central. Uh, you know, with the White Sox obviously coming on, the Tigers, uh, although are not not as close as the White Sox, perhaps coming on later, and it does feel like there's a window of opportunity that that the Indians need to seize, and uh, at least outwardly don't necessarily seem as as aggressive about seizing as maybe you think they would be, uh, maybe due to financial constraints or what have you. Uh, the Corey Kluber trade, I I was very curious to see how that would turn out, uh, just because I. I you know, if Kluber is is done, if if he's never going to be the Kluber of old, then maybe you, you look back at that and say, well, that was a the Indians got ahead of the game. That was a good trade. Uh, but if he comes and and is the Corey Kluber of old this year in Texas, a lot of people are going to be saying, you know, that this is an example of of maybe the Indians not not seizing an opportunity that they had uh, here in, in the Central, with the Central still being uh, very much wide open at this point in time. So I don't know. I, I think. Uh, Pitching the the young pitchers that the Indians have will uh, makes them very very tough very good, very good team. Lindor obviously is one of the best players in baseball. Jose Ramirez obviously uh, one of the best players in baseball. But how long will that will that core be together, and what will happen after that as some of the other teams in the Central start to emerge? I think that's that will be an interesting question to watch this year and and
1: the, the years to come. All right, uh, yeah, I, the only thing that I'm I'm really going to be missing. You know, if, if, if we don't get – and I don't even know right now uh, about travel and, and whatnot, but uh, trips out to Detroit. I, I, I did love stopping at uh, Slow's Barbecue uh, with the guys after uh, after games, the other reporters we would like to go out there. So I'm going to miss Slow's Barbecue if, if I don't get to travel to Detroit this year. How, we, we've got to be able to make that happen, right?
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's going to be a whole new world for everybody. Uh, and I don't – you know, I don't even know – I don't know if I am going to travel. I don't know if I should travel. I don't know if there's going to be any value to traveling this year. Um, I actually, I grew up in, in Cleveland area. I grew up in Bay village. Oh, All my family uh, is still in, in the Cleveland or most of my family is still in the Cleveland area and Rocky river and, and fairview and uh, various points. So uh, I love, I love going back to Cleveland. It's, it's my favorite trip and it's one of the easiest trips from Detroit, obviously.
0: Yeah, sure. But,
2: uh, but I don't know what's going to happen this year. I really don't know. I mean, it's, it's uh is there going to be value to being there in person versus watching it on TV? I'm I'm not quite sure. Or or should you even, you know, take that risk of, of right. traveling needlessly without a without a reason for doing so. I what's think your, that'll be something we're going to we're going to figure out.
1: What's your go-to stop when you come into town? Where 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 do you have to go?
2: Uh let's see. I, I mean my brother lives in uh, Rocky River right over the the river from Lakewood. So we usually we'll, we'll just walk downtown to Lakewood uh around the corner uh, what is it? the The, the tavern right there on uh, across the river in Rocky River, Burntwood Tavern. Burntwood tavern, tavern. tavern, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't forget what it's called, but yeah, we go there a lot. And then on it, I, for just nostalgia's sake, when I was a kid, my grandparents we would always go every week to uh, Bearden's Hamburgers right there on on Lake Road, which are yeah. really not the greatest hamburgers in the world, but just for nostalgia's sake, I always like going. there
1: you, you you don't get the clamtastic basket at Bearden's. That's like that. That's a staple. <laughs> It's a it's a whole like boat full of fried clams and fries. It's it's like heart attack in a basket. When I was
2: a kid, I would always get the peanut burger at Bearden's,
1: which was there just a regular
2: hamburger with peanut butter on it. And uh, sometimes, just for nostalgia's sake, I, I like to get that as well. There you
1: go. <laughs>
0: Excellent, Hoynesy. What else you got? Anything else for Evan? I'm just going to miss uh, every. It seemed like every game. That the Tigers and Indians played either Daniel Stumpf and uh, or Blaine Hardy pitched against them, and they're both gone, right? That's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, those this, le- they're both lefties, right? I think they were both. Yeah, yeah. Yes,
2: yeah, uh, Blaine Hardy actually signed with the Twins uh, this in, on a minor league deal, and then blew out his elbow, unfortunately, in spring training. So okay. he's. I did not know and, that. Uh, Daniel Stumpf is a casualty of the new left-hander rule, and as a, I mean. If you are a left-handed specialist and, and are really, really bad against right-handers like he was, uh, there's just no room for you in baseball anymore. It's kind of a – it's a shame, but his job has been very much less legislated out of existence. Yep.
0: Yeah, after all baseball's gone through this year, how could they still keep that three-batter rule? Don't you think they want to kick that thing out <laughs> or at least it, do it for a full season? They have – but they they've got to stick that in there for 60 games. Right. I would say –
2: I'm surprised I didn't just say we you know, we have we have bigger fish to
0: fry this year. Let's yeah. let's put so that on the back burner for in, another
2: yeah.
1: time. You you guys obviously don't live inside the mind of Rob Manfred
0: and and this is this is an opportunity for him to implement that. Come on, that's, that's well, totally I think that's true. Karma was Karma was in play when spring training got uh, suspended on March twelfth, which was the first day they could use that, that teams could have used the three batter rule.
1: Oh ah. well, that's great. Well, Evan, uh, I, you know, I think after 25 minutes of talking uh, Detroit Tigers baseball, uh, I, I can't say that I am excited to see a, a game between the Indians and the Tigers, but I, I do feel like I know a lot more about the Tigers and where they're headed and, and what we could be facing uh, uh, this year when, when the two teams match up. I uh, really appreciate uh, you taking the time out and, and joining us here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's
2: good to, to actually talk about baseball once again after after several months of, of not doing it. It it
0: feels feels kind of normal, which is good. Thanks, Evan. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you. All right, thank you guys. Hopefully
1: we'll see you at some point this season.